the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast. Uh, I'm very excited to be joined by Nate and Verlin again. Uh, you guys really seem to enjoy our hunting stories podcast, and so we are going to have a part two of that. This one specifically is going to be dealing more with backcountry hunting, and so we're going to be talking about you know hunts where you're going to be hiking in, staying overnight, uh, just with whatever you can carry on your back, and how to do that, what the advantages are, uh, and so with that, what are the advantages of that? It's a lot more work, you know. It's a lot more uh, effort, and you know, oftentimes more expensive. You have to buy different types of gear. Are the advantages and is the enjoyment worth it to you guys? Well, it is to me. I mean, I I have I have a passion for that because I like hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I guess I'm built for hard work. Not everybody likes doing what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had people say, "Oh man, Verlin, just just man, you're so successful all the time. You know, I just have man. What does it take to do that? And, you know, well, you take me hunting or something. You know, and and uh, I said, well. You know, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it takes a it takes a mental state. It takes a being in shape state, and it takes a certain thing to go backcountry. Um, everybody has that. Uh, you know, survival. You know, it's just like you see Survivor, or you see, and everybody's like, "Oh man, oh man, look at that guy. He can't do this, or she can't do that, or whatever." And uh, nobody really realizes until you're in the situation what that's really like. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. me, I really like that. I like that that mode of going back there and seeing what what it's like. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I just I, I like the hard work. I like that. What's going to happen? I love the element of surprise. I love Christmas. I don't like to open my Christmas presents early. Like Nate, he likes to shake him and shake him and shake him until, you know, it's just like, and he, you know, he always knows what he's going to get for Christmas before it ever happens. And I just mm-hmm. like that, that the unknown. And that strikes a lot of people of uh, doing things that, that are outside your box. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, it pushes people and it's, it's pretty cool uh to to just be able to go out and not know what's going to be there mm-hmm. um i like getting up early in the spring to just go on hikes uh back in the well i wouldn't say back country but it's it's miles and miles out but mm-hmm. um i just like to see what the winter did and to see things that a harsh winter left behind you find you find animals that didn't make it and you wonder what happened. Was this an animal kill or was this uh, something that uh, uh, they starved to death or something? You know, just I just like to see all that stuff, but it takes it takes a little bit of grit to get back up in there and just do stuff that's, for me, it's just, it's that. It's mm-hmm. that, the unknown, the the survival part of it and mm. what, what does it take to really live? Um, yeah, and you kind of hit on a point where you were talking about, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, well, you take me hunting. It's just, oh, you guys, what you do just seems so cool. And then mm-hmm. I'd say nine out of ten people that we've taken hunting are like, well, I'm never going with you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's, that's what it takes. That's what it is. That's what 
backcountry hunting is. I mean, everybody thinks it sounds cool, like yeah, you said. Yeah. You know, oh, that just sounds cool. Or survival. Oh, man, it'd be so cool to go out in the woods and just rough it for a week. And then, you know, people have this idea in their head of what that's going to be like. And then they get out there and they're just like, oh, yeah. Oh. Looks good on TV. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it looks romantic. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's a lot of not so romantic things about that. Uh, especially, you know, especially, you know, you never know what the weather's going to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, you're just kind of out there, you know, it's not like you just turn on the news and it says, Hey, today it's going to rain. Get ready. Put your rain gear on. It's like, <laughs> Oh, I better do that. So, uh, so does your, does your approach change depending on the time? So like if you're going in the spring versus if you're going in the fall or, you know, I'd, I'd assume you avoid the winter time, but like, how does your approach change from season to season? Um, you kind of you kind of know what to expect in the spring. The spring mm-hmm. is going to get it's going to get cold. It's going to get windy. It's going to get nasty. It's going to sleet. It's going to snow. It's going to rain. So you kind of know you're going to have to have something that's going to protect you from the the wet element part of it, um, because that's just that's just going to be part of it. Especially if you're going to go in overnight, mm-hmm. um, that can get really brutal. Yeah, just instantly. I mean, you just never know. So uh, that port that portion of it is pretty much geared toward protecting yourself against the element. especially mm-hmm. i mean it's and it's usually a one-nighter in the spring it's it's not something that i spend days out there in the spring it's just that appeal doesn't appeal to me because it's a totally different mindset yeah usually if i'm hunting in the spring it's you know spring bear or something like that and i'm sleeping in my jeep so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah back to camp yeah so I guess what what is the uh, craziest experience that you guys have had backcountry hunting? You think I have so many, especially bear stories because I have and not hunting bear, but just hunting in general. I just have my friends used to call me the bear magnet because it seems like I it's have true. so many bear incidences that just <laughs> happened. It's just it just happened, and when you get back in the backcountry, you do get a little bit more animals that are not as used to people as they are right around town and the places we usually hunt because they see a lot of people you get back country they start getting a little bit more brave and stuff so curious yeah curious maybe um but i've got just tons of bear stories but uh we were back in the back country way back in the back country in idaho and this was in 2007 2007 and uh we found this this big bull we were elk hunting and uh found this big bull seven by seven and i said oh man that's that's the one i want and, and my buddies were like oh man that's a long ways to get over there just to mm-hmm. to crash the party and i'm just <laughs> like oh man i'm going this is what i'm here for and so mm-hmm. they said well okay we'll just kind of watch from with binoculars because it's, <laughs> it's a long ways down the canyon up the other side so i'm going all the way down there down 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 of course it goes down forever uh, in some of those mountains and so yeah coming back up and i hear this and i look up and i'm kind of in this in this ravine and i look up and i see these this brush you know it's this that bear brush i don't even know what it's called it's that mm-hmm. stuff that's about you know six eight feet tall and i just see it and i'm right in the ravine and out comes this bear just squirting out of that brush and of course it's 20 yards from me when it finally gets out of the out of the brush and it comes just shooting right straight at me, and I thought, "Oh, it's coming right at me!" But it's a, it's a cub, and I guess, "Well, you know, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm threatened for my life." And I, and so it just, shoot, and it just. I mean, 
literally just runs right past me. I go, what was that all about? And I'm looking back at him, and then I look back up, and I hear, and here comes another one. It's squirting out, and another cub comes out. And so I, I kind of step out of his way because he's coming right down the ravine. So I start getting up on the side of the ravine, and he squirts right past me. He gets back with the other one about 20 yards behind me, and he stops. I'm going, oh, man. Oh, I'm thinking, oh, now Mama's around here somewhere. And mm. so another, here comes another one squirting. Now there's another cub. It mm. comes running. I mean, they're just scooting. And then by this time, I'm going, oh, man, three cubs. I'm knocking up an arrow, you know, because I'm archery hunting. I knock up mm-hmm. an arrow, and I and I get a little further out of the ravine because it seems like that's kind of going to be the path. Sure enough, here comes this sow, and she is just cooking. And I'm up, I thought I was out of her way onto the left side of that ravine. Instead of coming down the center of the ravine like the rest of them, she comes right towards me. I thought she was going to, I thought she was attacking me. I'm getting ready to pull my, I mean, it happened so quick. I didn't even have time to pull my, my bow back. And she literally just brushed right side, right next to me. She got back to her cubs and stopped and turned around. Yeah. And I'm looking, and now they're all, all four of them are standing there and they're looking right at me. And I hear, I'm going, what? There's no way. Am I surrounded by bears? And so I, I'm knocking my arrow and getting mad. I don't know if they turned my back on that sow and three cubs or, but what, what else could it be? And here this seven point bull was chasing them. And he come running out and I go, oh, it's the seven point bull. By the time I got my arrow, he turned around and ran off. And oh, the bears man. went that way. I'm just like, oh, it was just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and it just happened. It just seemed like it just happened so fast. Yeah. But stuff does happen fast, man. It's just, oh, it's just incredible how, how many things just all of a sudden, there it is. It just presents itself. And you just like, you can't think of every scenario Mm -hmm. what you're going to do at the moment when it happens Mm -hmm. and it just goes like i say it's just like it happens so fast you don't even have time to start shaking or anything you know it's just like (laughs) what what just happened and it just and so obviously my my seven point bull he was up and gone and yeah i had to trudge all the way back to my buddies (laughs) did you see all that well they couldn't see the bear they could see the elk running down through there he said we were wondering what he was doing he says yeah he's chasing bears my way (laughs) oh man so (laughs) that was that was just one of the crazy stories but one of the things that i think people tend to run into is that when you hunt close to town when you're not in the back country the animals are a lot more experienced they're a lot more educated and they know what to look for they're like okay this sounds like a person this is, you know, I, they're a little more leery. Uh, when you get into the backcountry, is it kind of like that where the animals are a little bit more wild and they, you know, you have encounters with bear like that and, and things of that nature? Or uh, is it more of the same? Are they still pretty leery and uh, well-educated? Well, I wouldn't know that it's educated. I think it's just kind of in their nature mm-hmm. to be a, a fearful of, of man. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way they're made. Um, so, but there's, there's a little different dynamic. There are some times you get into a place to where it looks like this thing has never seen a human. Mm -hmm. It it, it seems like that anyway. It's just like all of a sudden there they are and they just, they just look at you like, you know, dumbfounded, like, what are you (laughs) doing here? Yeah. (laughs) And so especially, you know, especially bears for some reason, um, they just have that you know yeah. <laughs> look on their face um mountain lions cats i've 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 never had an encounter to where i felt like i was fearful for my life i mean i've come in 
I'd come down one trail and they're on the same trail coming my way. Even in the back country, they, they stop, they look and they turn, they're gone. Um, I've never been, I, I've never felt threatened by cougars and I've seen, I've seen lots of them. Mm-hmm. Um, wolves, um, in Idaho, they know they're hunted. So they're like ghosts. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear them, you see tracks, rarely ever see them. Uh, in Oregon, back country, uh, wolves are the top of the food chain and they know it. Mm-hmm. They fear they, nothing. They fear nothing. <laughs> I have been literally uh, 15 yards from them and they just sit down and look right at you. Mm-hmm. you. You can do all the things you're supposed to do. Hey, hey, you know, wolf, bear, whatever, you know, make noise, look big. They just they sit there care. and look right at you. And I have, I have literally just backed off. I've knocked my arrow and backed off and backed off and they will sit there and hold their ground. And, uh, have no fear at all um, do you just hunt with your bow or do you carry a sidearm i have carried a sidearm one time you know <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say one percent of the time he carries one oh, percent yeah no. Yeah, even after all the stuff that you've encountered yeah i no i just no i i part of the excitement it, it is it's just like you know <laughs> get all grizzly adams you know pull out your knife you know yeah again that's not gonna happen uh, oh, but no Tr- i just trust in the lord that you're not gonna leave this earth any sooner than you're supposed to i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah boy yeah and i know that I, I guess along that line you told me that story when you were shed hunting that one time and you saw that bear yeah that's that's but, the only time i've ever packed a gun in my whole life it's when i had <laughs> well we had ta- together a lot too, so bear. i think he just relies on me i'm yeah. always packing so yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> they never not packed but then when you see a cougar in the middle of the road instead of going for your sidearm it's you natural to go for your bow, bow. <laughs> that's right it's <laughs> archery <laughs> season <laughs> It's just a natural you know, and, reaction. And I have talked to a lot of people uh, that same way uh, about that same thing. When you're archery hunting, you're in a mode yep. of archery hunting. And I have I have talked to so many people who had opportunities, uh, cougars or bears or whatever. And the first thing they do is they're loading up their bow. for When they have a sidearm, mm-hmm. they're loading up their bow to try to get a shot. I don't know how many times I've talked to people to just get in that mode of, of – hunting rather than surviving mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah. oh i got an opportunity and instead of grabbing to, your gun yeah. you, you yeah, start mocking up an arrow archery i mean that's yeah. what you're doing so exactly. yeah i've talked to a lot of people who had that those instances happen See, oh and then yeah. it doesn't until it's over and it's it's past and they go oh man i had a sidearm right here forgot about it so what what crisis situations have you guys been in like because when you're backcountry hunting you forget something or whatever you're a long ways out there, you know, and I know, especially Berlin, you tend to be accident prone when it comes to hurting yourself. <laughs> You're not wrong. So, <laughs> I'm not but, prone to accident. Um, it's like, you know, if, like where, where I typically hunt, I'm within an hour. Cause in Legrand, you, it's an hour and you can get out somewhere where you can hunt around and do stuff. So, uh, but if you're in the back country, you're hiked in miles and you know, there's a whole bunch of variables, things that can happen that can cause your trip to end pretty poorly. Uh, so what's, what are some things that have like that, that have happened? You know, one that, uh, comes to mind immediately is, uh, when my brother stepped on a ground hornet's nest, um, and yeah, (laughs) not great. We were five, six miles back, um, away from camp. And like I said, these, these ground hornets are just, they're just different. They're, I've never seen them in town. You just, you don't see them anywhere, but in the mountains, they're just these little guys and they are ruthless. Mm-hmm. 
anyway, it just was horrible timing. Um, yeah. We just stopped for just one second and we're looking at each other and we're like, oh man, this, it's been a rough day and, <laughs> you know, we need to get back even further and see where the elk are at. And all of a sudden we just hear this. <laughs> I look down at his foot and I mean, all the way up his boot all you can see is bees i mean there's just hundreds of them <laughs> oh man and we take off straight uphill i mean there's nowhere to go like i don't know why we didn't run downhill i guess probably because that's where we came from and our natural instinct was to go <laughs> the go direction away. we wanted to go anyway <laughs> and so we're running up we're still hill. hunting you were still committed <laughs> exactly. to the still committed <laughs> so we're just running straight uphill which means we're not going as fast as we'd like to be to get out of there and like i said these things just they follow you and they mm. just will not stop they just whack whack Whack, 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 whack. And they just keep just ruthless. So we stop once and he's, you know, smacking bees off his legs and off his shirt. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. They're, you know, they're still, still coming yeah. at me. So we run further up the hill. I didn't get touched. I mean, I don't know how I got away <laughs> without getting stung. But you know what they say if me. you're faster than the other guy. <laughs> yeah. So finally, I mean, we get to a point. We must have run 200 yards to get away from these stupid bees and he just rips his pants off and he's pulling bees off his legs and i don't know how many got how many times he got stung but it had to have been you know in the 30s at least oh geez <laughs> and uh you know he's not necessarily allergic to bees or anything but he's just like man i don't feel good yeah i bet <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah well he just got stung a bunch and so we start hiking out of there. We're like, we should probably get out of here. You know, we're not going to spend the night tonight, which was our plan. Uh -huh. After that, kind of ruined the hunt for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was good. I don't know what his problem was. I was fine. <laughs> so we we get maybe three miles towards the vehicles, and he's just like, man, I think I'm going to pass out. Like, I don't, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Um, and so I kind of, he throws his arm around me and we kind of walk together for a little bit till he regains his composure. And I mean, we made it to the truck, but by the time we got to the truck, he was not doing great. He ended up Jeez. being fine, but just some Benadryl and a good night's sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a little scary for a minute there. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. I know. Like, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can go sideways when you're, in yeah. the backcountry because you're so far from help. Oh, yeah. You know, and so I guess what kind of gear do you guys carry with you medically-wise to and make sure that if something does happen, like, what do you carry with you to keep you safe? Well, I mean, I'm not even allergic to bees, but I think an EpiPen wouldn't be a bad idea after that experience. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think a bee sting kit really would have helped that much in that scenario. Those mm -hmm. are for, like, single bee stings and... Uh, as far as, you know, I always carry, um, good rope and, um, knife, you know, there's not, you can't really be over prepared. Sure. I, I probably carry a lot more stuff than, than my dad does even, but uh, yeah. probably not for first aid though. <clears throat> yeah. I, yeah. That's I, true. I've been there and I've, I've, I've stitched myself <laughs> yeah, I don't, up. I don't carry a suture kit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I carry a suture <laughs> kit. A suture I kit. carry a suture kit. In fact, because I I have stories of you know sewing myself up, and uh, the guy that I that I hunt with Tim he uh, used to work at the hospital and uh, he said man he says if, what if it was like you know a 
a big leg opening or something, mm-hmm. you know, something big. You, you know, these suture kits and just hasn't I gotta do it, you know. Yeah. So he says, I got an idea. Well, he gets me one of them staplers, staplers man. Yeah. So now, now I have a stapler in case something really big happens. I have not had to use a stapler yet, but I always thought, man, that stapler would be pretty handy because sutures are just there's nothing to there's no numbing stuff. You know, you just start getting Ugh. into the wound. And I mean, yeah. first of all, you gotta wash it all out and clean it out. And uh, I carry I carry a spritzer bottle full of uh, hydrogen peroxide for mm-hmm. dual purpose because one of them is me bleeding and the other one is for the animal bleeding because if the animal bleeds and I've and I've I've done this for years and have uh, helped a lot of people recover animals that especially bad shots mm-hmm. that get a bad shot and uh, you have to track them for a ways you know maybe a mile maybe two miles or whatever. And uh, that spritzer bottle of hydrogen peroxide will help you track. Because if you get like a bad shot, like say in the guts, and it's just leaving water, it's not leaving blood, it's just leaving more water. Mm-hmm. Um, even a gut shot animal, they'll they'll usually go try to find water and they'll lay down somewhere down in the deep holes back there. But So just use your, your uh, spritzer bottle to spray any, so if you lose the, the trail or something you just start spraying like the leaves and everything anything mm-hmm. that is a body fluid will start foam and you go oh yeah, there he is he went this way you know mm-hmm. so you, but man hydrogen peroxide I, I man i've i have poured my wounds full of hydrogen peroxide to get the gook and gunk out of it you know yeah and then and then sew myself up um but anyway i thought <laughs> stapler might be you know it's over with just okay that one's over with but man to dig in there and start pulling it out and true because you gotta have like your leatherman or something you know something with pliers on it to to get it out the other side and then to try and tie it off with one hand and but uh, that's a whole nother experience i mean that's just it's pretty cool but (laughs) and people go oh i couldn't do that yeah but yeah, I have suture kits. I have band aids. I have blowing yourself up. Stuff. It's kind of like backcountry hunting. It's not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if you start yeah. and you get the first poke into your skin, you pass out and you wake up and there's a there's a needle hanging out of your arm. Out again, then you pass it? out again to get it out the other side. You, you know, backcountry hunting is probably not for you then. <laughs> <laughs> well, just don't hurt yourself. Yeah, or yeah, don't fall and smash your fingers under a rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't get hung. Yeah, don't do that either. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's a good story though. You know, stories are just, you know, that's part of, that's yeah. part of it. But at the time it can be very, 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 very serious. Yeah. And, uh, you just, it's always fun to get on the other side and live to tell it, mm-hmm. you know, and we're breezing by all the, I mean, oh, man. breezed by like four stories already. Yes. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have another story time with the savages at another time. But right now, like if we were to sit here and tell stories, we'd be here until noon probably. Yeah, so. yeah, at least <laughs> noon tomorrow, eight yeah, o'clock noon tomorrow, midnight, <laughs> burn the midnight oil. Um, so I guess let's kind of get more into some of the practical stuff. So you guys obviously have a lot of experience back on How long have you guys been backcountry hunting? I've been doing it for about 25 years. Yeah. That's a long time. I don't time. remember a time in my life when I wasn't backcountry hunting. So. What about right now? <laughs> right now, yes. <laughs> right now you're mentally I'm mentally backcountry back hunting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, obviously between the two of you, lots of experience. So for people that are wanting to get into it, um, what are what's some advice that you would have? Like what's a piece of information that you wish you would have known when you first started that you know, maybe you got into some trouble and like, oh, I wish I had this or something like that. 
don't buy clothes from Walmart. (laughs) 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 Having good clothes is vital. Yeah. It is a, it's a game changer. It is a game changer. I mean, if you're going to be, especially, I mean, it's nothing for us to do 25 miles a day. Mm -hmm. That's an average, you know, 14 to 25 miles. Yeah. Average hiking, hunting day for us. And, uh, we, you know, you're wearing restrictive clothes or something that doesn't have any stretch to it. It's like you fatigue a lot yeah. more. I mean, you just, you don't even realize until you actually make the switch and spend, you know, like, Oh, I spent $200 on pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it changes the game a lot and that's, yeah. that's a huge one. Well, and it's, you know, if you figure those pants, they're usually pretty durable and oh, yeah. you're going to, it's going to make something that you love exponentially more enjoyable yes and so i think that you know it's always worth it to spin you know bite the bullet a little bit to make something that you're passionate about more fun yeah um so yeah and it's it's always one of those things that's just it's just tough but you got to do it but But, i mean really what it comes down to i think is gear selection yeah i mean if you're going to be a backcountry hunter and you really want to do it right and i have the right gear to do it and Mm -hmm. i know we're going to talk about that in the future yeah we have a future podcast like gear selection (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's going to be more general too, not specifically to backcountry, but gear selection overall. Sure. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely cover all that stuff more in, in detail because we've really breezed by a lot of, you know, the gear selection stuff, which is important things to go yeah. over. But uh, today we're talking more about like just the, the basics of yep. it, you know. Um, one thing that I've always had trouble with is selecting an area because every time I look, I'm like, okay, I think this is going to be a good area. I hike in there. And then I'm like, okay, nobody's going to be around. And then there's like this road that goes right through where I thought there was no road, you know? So how do you properly select an area to backcountry hunt where you're not going to be around people, you know, and you're going to be just in the backcountry? Well, really, I think that just comes down to time. I mean, we've lived here, I've lived here most of my life and, um, you know, just getting out there and finding these places accidentally a couple years ago we found a really good accident yeah yeah and that i mean that's how happy it just accident. happens yeah happy accident. you just you go to a place that you've been a million times and you're like well what if we go this direction mm-hmm. never been over there and then all of a sudden you just happen to a place mark it on your gps whatever yeah. it, it really is just it you have to put the time in mm-hmm. it's you can't just get on a map yeah. And go, I'm going to go backcountry hunting right here. And that's going to, it's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't know if the animals are there or yeah. not, you know, because, yeah. but there are certain things that look for. And then when Nate killed his first archery bull, that's exactly what we did. Yeah. I just yep. went over this it's map. True. I looked at the map. I'm going, that's the furthest from any road. If you go any further than that, you're walking out the other side. Mm-hmm. And there's a spring. And there's a spring in there. I go, there's water right there. Yeah. And so just pouring over that map, it wasn't Google Earth or anything. It's just a map, you know. And so you could see all this stuff on a map, just a hard paper map. And <laughs> there it is. And say, that's where we want to go. I don't know if there's any animals in there or not. Never been there before. But I like, and this is one of the things that I've always uh, done, is I'd like to go to a place I've never been. For, every year I go to one place I've never Absolutely. been before. Even if I've already killed my animal, I want to go find, I've never been there before. I want to go see that area. Yeah. And there are still places that are a little bit hidden because a lot of people get in a rut of, well, I set my camp right here every year. I hunt right here every year. I go up that mountain. I go to my tree stand. I go whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
it's just kind of tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of traditional hunters out there, especially rifle hunters, um, because they kind of grew up with their dad and their grandpa going to the spot. And it mm-hmm. is that. It's that nostalgic thing that they've always done. And uh, I don't have one of those. You mm-hmm. know, I don't have, because when I started doing stuff here, I didn't have my dad and grandpa and everybody doing that that was back in wyoming i have a new life in in oregon so now i got to start figuring this out so when i got with tim wilcox my hunting buddy he's a he's a he pours over maps like i mean he knows he knows every road number name all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and so i just kind of like whoa this guy's really really got this down and so that's kind of what i started doing and he knows what to look for he does Mm -hmm. know what to look for he's been doing a long time yeah and uh so a lot of it is just trying to find a place that i've never been before go over the next hill like nate said just i've never been there before we're here but i've never been over there Mm -hmm. and go see what it's like and uh the funny thing is is that animals aren't always always there the the sweet spot we found a couple years ago wasn't that sweet that year it was incredible yeah man we found a spot next year we're going to go here next year yeah crickets (laughs) 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 it's just like man i mean the grass was high and everything is the year before man they had mowed it down and Mm -hmm. it looked like there was never never been an animal here before Mm. and so that didn't pan out the next year but so it just yeah just kind of get out there and just kind of hit a spot i've never been here before and now that you have all the technology with google maps and on x and you know those kind of things you kind of get plugged into some of those areas i was in one of my favorite areas and there's rarely anybody there and all of a sudden one year i drove up there and there were camps all at the at the trailhead i'm going what just happened Mm -hmm. i'm going back in there and i start running into these guys and i ask these guys i said so what why are you here you know (laughs) where you get out of my spot and he's from like massachusetts or something you know i'm just like why are you in my spot yeah I mean, I didn't put it like that, but I'm thinking, you know, what drew you here? How'd you get here? And so I asked him, I said, so why are you here? He said, well, he says, I got on Google map and he said, I just started, started zooming in and he said, I saw elk on, on the, on that hill right there. He says, there's elk there and I want to go to, I want to go elk hunting in, in Oregon. Oh yeah. So he says, I actually zoomed in the time that it happened to take a picture. There were elk on this mountain Hmm. and he says, let's go there so he put in for a tag and he found how to get there and he parked right there at the trailhead and hiked it i'm just like are you kidding me it was that easy he says yeah i got five of my buddies up here with oh, me. i'm just geez. like oh man <laughs> of course they didn't go back in where i you know i kind of outgo them but still they were you know they were three miles in and it's like dude mm-hmm. you're you're in here you're in my spot yeah you know? yeah but and so like, who, who spilled the beans? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who said exactly. something? <laughs> and one thing that, you know, that my brother and I, Ryan, always talk about, well, we'll have to have him on a podcast one of these days, too, because, man, we've got stories. That yeah. <laughs> we've had one of your storytelling podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, we always joke around about, um, you know, hey, what's over that hill? Mm-hmm. Let's go take a look. <laughs> like, yeah. we just, we get back there and we're already. 10 miles in five miles in mm-hmm. whatever it is. And we're just like, you're committed to that point. And especially if the elk aren't bugling, that's, that's how you find new spots. You know, yeah. you go, Hey, and, and that's where it kind of differentiates, you know, 
everyday hunters from backcountry hunters too is that mentality like what's over that mountain like it's not a hill I mean I say hill but it's like you look over there and it's four miles over there and it's down this huge ravine up the other side and over the top of the mountain and it's like well, let's go look over that mountain over there you know we yep. just take off and go and then <laughs> there we are you know and and we kind of a lot of times if we're going to do that we're set up for ready to spend the night mm-hmm. you know I've got my tent I've got your hammock uh, yeah hammock <laughs> i've got of enough food. of stuff you know freeze-dried food is jet essential boil. jet boiler i always carry my jet boiler mm-hmm. and at least two meal packs that weigh nothing you know yeah and if we get up there and there's elk we're ready Back, to yeah. spend the night Camp it up <laughs> like we're, we're gonna spend the night right here and we'll go chase those elk in the morning you know, yeah that's just it's the way it is yeah <laughs> and i think that's a, a mental game too because a lot of times you'll go hunting 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 now the hunt's out of it now you're just up there just hiking um yeah just <laughs> went for a bow hike or a rifle hike or a muzzleloader hike or whatever you just took your muzzleloader for a hike you know mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that is just like okay i'm done i'm out of here so back to the truck you go instead mm-hmm. of going the extra mile mm-hmm. there's there yep. is that mental thing you have to get past to say hey that's why I'm out here. I want to. I want to do this. It's called hunting, not finding. Yeah, or gathering. <laughs> gathering. Yeah, you know, a wise man once told me it's just nothing, 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 something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen yeah, at any time. You never know it when it's going to happen. One. It yeah. just yep. takes one. Well, yeah. the time you you killed your first bull. Yeah. I mean, it's just like we went and went and All went day. and went and went Didn't and went. Didn't see an elk. Never, not a track. Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. nothing there until we hit that water hole. Yeah. I said, this a place is where we've never been. Never been. I just to sit down right here and do the thing. And then we heard this bull raking a tree. And I said, Nate, you're going to sit right there. He's going to come up right there. And I mean, it couldn't have, if I, exactly if I, how he said to, it. if <laughs> I said, if I told that bull how to instruct to, for him to come up and, and for my son to kill his first bull, it was step for step. I said, you do this, I'll do that. And he's going to come right up there. He's going to get right there. You're going to have about a 15 yard shot and let him have it. And I mean, it, <laughs> just like that. It just, I mean, it within five minutes of all set up, it happened exactly how, I mean, it was just picture perfect. Huh. That's, that's a pretty sweet story. I can't imagine having an elk do exactly what you wanted to do. I mean, that doesn't happen very often at all. <laughs> yeah, it seems like an exaggerated story, but man, yeah. that is that is exactly how it happened. Like I <laughs> even afterwards I said, "Man, that couldn't have been more like <laughs> ahead of time. Hey, Nate, sit right here. You know, we're whispering obviously. Hey, Nate, sit right here. There's a bull right down there and he's going to come right up that that little game trail right there." And I mean, it just it happened exactly Exactly. Like <laughs> Wait until he gets broadside right there because yeah, he's yeah. going to be kind of angled towards you. And then when he broadsides, let him have it. Huh. <laughs> it's just like. That's crazy. One, two, three. Boom. Yeah. Done. What do we uh, <laughs> oh, get man. out of there at like two o'clock in the morning? <laughs> I, I had to work o'clock. the next day. It was, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Exhausting. Then that's what it is. You know, yeah. that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Just grit and grind it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what are what what states have you guys like backcountry hunted in and which states would you like to that you haven't well my experience on that's a little limited so i'll start because it's gonna be quick yeah (laughs) you know uh obviously oregon um idaho and i I wouldn't really say wyoming was backcountry hunting we were just deer hunting and i wasn't really that backcountry but those are the three (laughs) states those are the only three states i hunted in so yeah i I'm, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I grew up in Wyoming, so I had really no reason to go out of state, and I really never could afford to go out of state anyway. Mm-hmm. So I, I hunted Wyoming all my growing up years, and then we moved here. And uh, this is where I really started getting – I mean, I did some a little bit of backcountry in Wyoming, but not a whole lot. Um, one of my closest near-death experiences was in Wyoming. That's It was an eye-opener of what I needed to hmm. do because uh, I got hypothermia really bad. And when I mean, when they found me, I was so out of control. I could not control my whole body. It was a scary thing. And I thought, this is never going to happen to me again. Well, what's that story? I haven't heard that story. <sighs> <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> here we go. go. <laughs> I'll make it short. But anyway, uh, my friends and I were hunting. They dropped me off and I went one direction. They drove way to another area with friends like that who needs enemies so <laughs> I'm, I'm hunting by myself and i you know off i go off i go off i go and the weather's good it's september it's an archery season and so it's like the mm. weather's good but it's wyoming i'm you know at about uh, pretty close to eleven thousand feet right there mm-hmm. and uh mid-afternoon it started getting getting pretty ugly and mm. uh then it started raining and i mean it poured rain and then it started this this big Christmas sized snowflakes hmm. that were just wet. They just bloosh. I mean, it just like, yeah. yeah. And it wow. just like, oh man, it was just it was miserably wet, wet, wet. I was not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, you know, I had a jacket. I pull it out of my backpack, put my jacket on, but my back my, my jacket wasn't waterproof. It was just a just a cotton oh, man. UV jacket. And all of a sudden it's got it's completely through. I'm taking this I'm taking this hike trying to get back just to try to find the road I was supposed to be meeting them on in the evening. And I got there right at evening and I'm thinking, okay, anytime, anytime, anytime. Of course we didn't have radios, we didn't have, you know, anything like that. We yeah. were just that was back in the day. Back in the nineteen hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh so anyway, I finally found the road. It was right at dark and I was just I was shaken, but I was so exhausted because I didn't have proper food. I didn't have proper equipment. I'd had, had really had nothing that was prepared for that kind of day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, long story short, when they finally got there, I mean, it was eight o'clock at night. I'd been, and I tried to stay warm by moving, but I couldn't move cause my, I, I was cramped up so bad. I couldn't move. Oh, man. And I thought I'm going to die because I can't move. The only way to stay warm is to move and, and the sleet and snow never let up. All of a sudden now I'm, I'm totally wet and there's three inches of snow on the ground, you know, and I'm yeah. walking back and forth trying to walk. My legs wouldn't work. And finally I just, I, I couldn't move. And I thought I'm going to freeze to death right here. And then, mm. you know, who knows if they even know where, because all they were going to do is come back and just hit the road. I was going to meet them on the road. They'd just drive the road until they found me. Well, one of the uh, the guys that we were hunting with, he had stuck an elk and uh, in the evening, and they had to go track it and find it and all that stuff. Then to take care of it and everything. Well, I just basically got left alone out there until mm-hmm. they were done doing that. I was second priority, yeah. you know. And literally, by the time they found me, I was in a, hy- in a pretty deep state of hypothermia. Oh man! And I was shaking out of control. I couldn't control any of my body parts. I couldn't talk. They stuck me in the pickup, took all my clothes off, and wrapped me all up in a sleeping bag, and turned up the heat, and 
oh, it was miserable, man. I just, I could just feel myself going in and out of consciousness. Wow. And I said, this is never going to happen to me again. I will do what it takes to, and I, and I, I was poor, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I had no money. Yeah. So I had to set the best equipment I could buy with the money I had. I was going to spend it. I was yeah. going to save it to do it. And, uh, so anyway, that was, hmm. that was that story. Well, wow. now, now you heard that story <laughs> yeah. that, that really did change the way that I looked at be prepared. Yeah. That was, that was really a turning point of, you know, I'm not invincible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in my, I'm in my early twenties thinking, you know, I was weightlifting and, and bodybuilding and doing all this stuff that just felt, oh, you know, yeah. I can do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And boy, to find out how little it takes. Life's pretty fragile. Mm. <laughs> I don't care who well. you are, how tough you are. Elements can grab you up and swallow you like, spit you out like you're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of the perfect segue into the gear selection podcast that uh, next time we have you guys on, we're going to be doing that one, so make sure to be prepared <laughs> yes Nate also has a story like that so yes. we're gonna yep. we'll dig more into that in that podcast um I think that we are about out of time for today's episode um well I think one thing that oh do you, you want to add something had, well just nothing really relevant to that story but you asked us um you know where we would like to backcountry hunt. Oh, and I think that's, that's right. probably going to be the same answer for yeah. both of us, and that's Alaska. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, that's absolutely. true. Absolutely, that that's the ultimate backcountry hunt. I mean, yeah, the whole thing is backcountry. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in Alaska, all, you're, if you're in Alaska, you're in the backcountry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think but, that. I mean, that's been a dream. And you guys want to do like forever. self-guided too? Oh, right? oh yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet. Yep. Somebody, that's, and I mean, that's one of those hunts where somebody drops you off in a helicopter and they're like, okay, I'll see you in seven days. Hopefully you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yes. That really is a test of... Uh, not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> that's a whole nother level. Yeah. yeah. The older I get, the more I'm thinking that that that, that grasp out there is getting further and further, further yeah. out there. I'm 60 years old and going, oh man. You better get on it. Yeah, saying that for 10 takes, years. Takes, takes some funds to get there nowadays. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, you guys. Great stories. Always fun to have you on. So um, stay tuned. We're going to have more podcasts with them in the future. And uh, remember, shoot straight, shoot often, and have a blessed week, everybody. 